Hi, this is Jay. Thanks for tuning in. Before you listen to this episode, we just wanted to give you a heads up that we had a few technical speed bumps, but we promise the podcast gets better. Just keep listening. Welcome to the Inspired Action Podcast. This is where we have motivational, inspiring conversations and interviews that we hope you will enjoy listening to. If you're interested in creating more balance in your life, understanding your five element energetic nature, finding the path of greatest ease, or releasing the baggage of this lifetime and discovering ancient alchemy that can help you fly in your life, join us and other inspired actioneers on this alchemical transformational journey. Welcome to the Inspired Action Podcast. I'm Jay, and I'm here with my co-host, Lita Herman. Hello again. Jay and I had so much fun talking about the five elements in our last episode, and we're getting a lot of people's feedback and questions about their elements. So I just wanted to say, keep the questions coming. We love to help people understand their elements. We, we do it all the time, so we never get tired of it. And today, we're going to keep on that theme in this podcast, episode three, We're going to move along with the five elements and then we're going to bring in another great concept, the nine palaces. The Taoists believe that we come into this lifetime with a curriculum, something we want to explore and understand better. So it's like an assignment that we gave to ourselves before we were born. And your five elements are key to understanding your curriculum. And the Taoists believe it's important to understand your curriculum because once you fulfill that curriculum, you can move on and do something else. So literally like you have this assignment, you have to complete it. And then guess what? You get to do something else. So Lita, when you say curriculum, why don't you talk about that for a second? Well, you know, a curriculum is like a laid out plan of learning. And so this is what you're going to learn in this lifetime. So until you get that lesson that you came to learn, you'll continue working on it for the rest of your life. Okay. So, you know, here's an example. If you have like a friend or someone you know, and they're all about their relationships, everything is about love and relationship and who loves them and who doesn't love them and who's, you know, looking at them cross-eyed and who has a crush on them. Yes, they're (laughs) probably fire. That could also be part of their curriculum, correct? Yes. So it doesn't matter what else is happening in their lives. They're just totally focused on their love life all the time. So does that mean they have to find love, figure out love? Is that their motivation in life, love? Yes. And so it's important to establish what your curriculum is. You know, it's not just about your five elements. We're going to talk about that in a little bit. So Um, We're going to talk about how do you understand yourself? It's about the five elements and your element, but also something that we're going to talk about today, which is the nine palaces. This is the next level of understanding yourself and your struggles in particular. So the nine palaces are nine areas of your life that you must attend to. All human beings have to attend to their nine palaces or they suffer. So it's like the cause of suffering is imbalance in your nine palaces. I work on the different palaces with all the people that I see. We go through them one at a time. And, you know, sometimes people have one or two out of balance. Some people, they they think they have all of them out of balance, which is, you know, really when people are really struggling at a deeper level. But I think overall people have one or two or three uh, that they're maybe struggling with. And something always seems to be carried over from earlier in their life. Is that usually like pretty normal? 
Yes. And it doesn't necessarily mean that everyone that has a nine palace issue has the uh, associated element. We're going to talk about that in a minute, that each of the nine palaces is associated with an element. But in general, if, you know, in the example of the person focused on their relationships, we said that person's likely to be fire. It doesn't have to be that way because the relationship palace is associated with the fire element. So it would make sense that that would be a fire person who's trying to figure out love in their life. If you find the balance within the nine palaces, then what happens? Well, that's the goal. And and we're going to explain a little bit about how once you sort of resolve all of your nine palaces, you get to go home. But we'll talk about that in a minute. What are the nine palaces? So the nine palaces, number one is career. Number two is love and relationship. Number three is health. And then there's wealth. Number four. Number five is home. We're going to talk about that more and explain that. Number six is like a sense of adventure, travel. Number seven is your children, your family, and also your creativity. Number eight is your wisdom. And number nine is something called prosperity, which is different than wealth. And we'll explain that as well. So let's let's look at that from a five elements perspective again. So if you're a wood person, your curriculum of this lifetime is related to growth and striving to achieve greatness. These are the palaces of wealth and health. So because you need to have both health and wealth to achieve greatness, it makes sense that it's for a wood person. Yes, absolutely. And if you're a fire person, your curriculum is love and compassion. And these are the palaces of relationship and prosperity. So remember I said I was going to tell you a little bit more about prosperity. Well, in order to have prosperity, you need to have compassion for people who have less than you or are struggling. And prosperity means you have enough to give away something. It doesn't have to be money. It can be your time, but it's a sense of generosity. So a pr- so prosperousness is that sense of generosity. Let's skip over earth for a moment and move on to metal. Sure. Okay, so a metal person, your curriculum is related to your freedom and imagination or the palaces of adventure and children creativity. We'll explain that a little bit further because metal must feel free to roam in the world and feel free to create. And then water, the next one, it, your curriculum is about skills or the palaces of career and wisdom because water loves to accumulate skills and focus on career or careers that uh, acquire knowledge and to eventually become wise or even wiser. And earth is very different. It gets one palace because it's the most important palace. So if you're an earth person, your curriculum of this lifetime is related to belonging, community, and hospitality. We call this the palace of home. And it's not just your physical home, though that's important, but it's it's really like home with a capital H. Like feeling, the feeling of being cared for. I like to say it's like sitting in the lap of God. And really it's when all is well, that's home. So as you work on identifying your elements and your energies, you can now identify your real curriculum. This relates to your soul calling. It can be kind of hard to follow your curriculum because you have so many different expectations put on you by yourself, even those around you, your family, your coworkers, your partners, your friends. Those are the things that you have to look at and have a dialogue, internal dialogue with yourself and seeing if you really are following the path that you're supposed to be on. In our next episode, we're going to talk about each palace and the challenges we face to resolve each palace. 
And Jay will give us some tools she uses in sessions with people. And ultimately, there are eight main palaces a person needs to complete to go home, the palace in the center. So it's kind of like that game, that board game, Parcheesi. Do you or, remember that, Jay? Yes, yes. Yeah. Or even like Trivial Pursuit, where you have the pie wedges. Each one uh, is a, a maybe one of the palaces. Oh, I think in that one is six. So we need to add a couple to make it nine. And Parcheesi, yes, you go around the board and then... And then you try to get home. Try to get home in the center. So here's the big question, Lita. If you complete your curriculum, do you stick around? The Chinese believe that you don't have to die if you finish your curriculum. Otherwise, we'd never want to finish our lessons. <laughs> so in fact, if you do complete your curriculum, then you're going to be known as a realized human being, which is an authentic or Gen Ren human being. That's Gen as in Z-H-E-N, Ren, R-E-N. And then you don't have to die you can just simply take on a new curriculum. So you you decide, oh, I have some new lessons to learn. And essentially at that point, you become an alchemist. But what is alchemy? We hear that word a lot, you know, in different pop culture references, uh, in history and science. So what is the Chinese philosopher meaning of the word alchemy? Well, traditionally in the West, we often think of the many scientists who call themselves al- alchemists as people who were trying to change base metals into gold. But alchemy in China had a different connotation. The alchemists were the sages of antiquity who were trying to achieve longevity and especially immortality. They actually thought that they could live forever. And, you know, they were known as the eight immortals. And then there were a few others. But suffice it to say, alchemy is any sense of the word of an exploration of the mystery of gold. Because, you know, if you bury gold in the ground and you dig it up later, it doesn't corrode like other metals. It comes out looking just as beautiful as the day you buried perfect. it. So essentially alchemy is about freedom and living authentically. Well, before we go too far, I would love to do a show on the eight immortals. At yes, let's do that. Uh, yes. yes. So just sorry, 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 a little ADD. So yes, alchemy is about freedom, living authentically. There's more to life than past suffering. Letting go of the past of your baggage is the freedom. And Chinese Taoist masters believed we are like gold, all of us. And our spirits can never be tarnished and never disintegrate like other base metals, such as silver. Silver, copper, you know, all the ones that just corrode. Yeah, (laughs) definitely. Okay, so that is so fascinating. I think that, you know, a lot of people hear the word alchemy, but they might not have an understanding. And I'm sure there's other different perspectives on the word alchemy. So that was really, really cool to hear. So let's talk a little bit uh, later about immortality. I bet you could go on for that topic forever. (laughs) (laughs) So actually I went to visit, um, well, we both went and visited Go Hung's house and I also went to Sun Si Miao's house and I like to say they weren't home. Yeah, we knocked on their doors, but they didn't come home. We did see a couple of their butterflies. Yes. It was supposed to be yes. him and his wife and they flew and we kind of was like, wow, that the whole Gahong's Mountain is just amazing in China. It was really cool to visit that. So immortality, Lita? Well, you know, it's for me in modern times, it's not necessarily about how long we're going to live. I like to think we're going to live a lot longer than we think. And just having that mindset of living a longer life, like if you today right now thought, Maybe I'll live to be 150 or maybe I'll live to be 200. That completely reframes everything. And important to remember is that we don't need to grow old, decrepit and die. You know, breaking down is not a necessary thing to being old. 
you can grow old and be well and have a good body. And that's what really immortality is A strong is mind. About. A strong mind, a good body. Spirit. You know, perfect health, good spirit. So these ancients were super old and they had all of that and it's totally achievable. And that's what I think this immortality question is about. Yeah, that's really interesting. All right, so freedom, you know, alchemy to me is about freedom and living authentically. You know, there's more to life than just your past suffering. Letting go of the past is the freedom that, you know, the journey that we're talking about. And alchemy is a journey of one. It's a lonely path in some respects because one the, is uh, the loneliest <laughs> <yes>. number. <laughs> it's a lonely path in some respects because the average person isn't interested in transformation. The average person wants no change. So, you know, if you go down the alchemy path and your friends don't, it feels kind of lonely. Or how about if your partner doesn't or your parents or your children and you're doing this, you know, can you do it if your partner does not do it? Well, it's funny, you know, they, they, we give people diamonds when we get married. We, we give a diamond away. And, and diamonds are these interesting rocks that uh, basically never, ever evolve. And they kind of lock you into that. So, state. Yeah. So if you give one to someone, it means I like you just the way you are, you are and never change. Forever. Forever. <laughs> Be my forever you right now. Don't grow. I think that is diamonds are forever. Oh my God. That's the campaign <laughs> slogan. Diamonds are forever. Boy, I'm singing. I, I'm sorry. I don't even know you call that singing. I'm just in a very happy mood. Okay. So diamonds are forever. Yes. So would you not necessarily give a diamond to someone who you want to grow, grow old with? with? Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Okay. So one of the reasons we started this podcast is to connect with people who want to know more about this, more about alchemy, more about the immortals, more about, hey, diamonds are forever. That's the stone <laughs> medicine thing. But, you know, we believe if you're listening to this right now, you might be one of those people who are interested in the mystery, who want to peek behind the veil, who think there's got to be more than life than this treadmill existence of going back and forth to work just to make money, just to watch maybe Netflix all night, not judging. Um, but if that, if do you, if you're looking for something else, if you're looking to see what's behind the veil in your life, you might be in the right place for this podcast. We're just getting started. We like to think again of the matrix. I don't know if we've spoken yes, of the, the matrix yet. So the, the matrix is the blue pill or the red pill. So Neo had the choice from Morpheus of the blue pill or the red pill. He, he takes the red pill. And if you're one of those people like Neo who takes the red pill, that's a great thing. And, you know, I've been working with people for many years with alchemy. And, you know, of, of all the people I've worked with, I only had one person ask me to undo it. And and there she wanted to go back to sleep. She said, I wish I had taken the blue pill. Wow. And, and you know, there is no going back. Once you decide to peek behind the veil, you can't undo that. Yeah. And Lita and I have both taken the red pill, as yes, you might much. not have guessed by now. <laughs> um, so I, I think that, you know, what are the effects of doing alchemy if you want to completely change yourself, become a realized human being, a, a genren? You know, is is that why you do alchemy or is it just a byproduct of as you move through the alchemical processes? And what are the effects of not doing alchemy? Yeah. But if you want things to be safe and stay the same, alchemy is not for you. 
But you can still listen to the podcast. Yes, yes, yes. yes. We if love all curious, our listeners. You know, we might we might be persuasive enough over time. Yeah, maybe <laughs> we will convince you. No, we won't. We won't convince you because there's no wrong. There's no right. There's no wrong. We don't really have any uh, concerns over the outcome of your own journey. We're working on our journey. So your journey is your journey. Our this is our journey. But there's so many benefits to alchemy. You know, let me give you uh, a few of Lita. Lita actually, Lita will give you better examples than I. I can because she's had some amazing clients that have just completely done just mind boggling things once they've started with alchemy. One woman that I worked with, um, she had so much trouble in her life and everywhere she turned, it was, I, I like to say she had like a kick me sign on her back. And, you know, at work, people were stabbing her in the back to her industry groups. People were like literally yelling at her in meetings uh, she went home and had trouble with her spouse. It was like everywhere she turned, she had struggled. She really struggled. Wow. And so she had a lot of resistance, you know, and fundamentally alchemy is going to help re- release resistance and create ease in your life. And when we get to a, a later episode about alchemy, the first stage, we we like to explain it as that you're going to release that resistance, that rebellious chi, we call it. And so this woman, it took her a whole year to do just one of those treatments and it, and it really transformed everything. By the time the year was over, she had a new job. Her married life was going great. She'd gotten a lot of success in her industry. Everything turned around. And inside her too, a lot of her health improved. She didn't have any more acid reflux and also like her teeth improved because sometimes that kind of um, resistance in the body can cause tooth decay. And so that's just an example. And then another great example is a woman who's quite a bit older, who when I met her, she really would have just probably passed on because, you know, sometimes when you have an older couple, if one dies, then the other one follows shortly thereafter because it's so sad. And when I met her, that's what had happened. Her husband of many years had just passed and she was really giving up. Alchemy brought back all of her creativity, all of these reasons why she would want to live. And now, you know, five years later, she's just rocking it and she's in her eighties and having a blast with alchemy. So do you think that alchemy is something that you would recommend to older people or any, you know, like what, is there an age thing that you could start at any age? There really isn't an age. In fact, in the eight immortals, there were, there was an old person and a very young person to show and a, and a beautiful person and a not so beautiful person and a person who was in very ill health and people who were very um, strong and muscular. It, what they were trying to say by having these eight immortals as the legend was anyone can do alchemy. Anyone can do alchemy. So what when you're talking to someone about alchemy, what do you recommend it for? Is there a specific impact moment to start alchemy? There, there are a number of reasons. First of all, when you want to put yourself first in your life, but life feels like it's getting in the way, it's time to really consider alchemy because it helps you put yourself first. That's a big thing for people. Yeah. Uh, they don't really want to put, they actually put themselves last most of the time. Uh, when I work with people, it's one of the biggest shifts. They've already been doing a lot, usually a lot of work with you and they're, they're right at the edge. And one of the last things that we need to work on is really, okay, it's time to really put yourself 
first. And a lot of uh, people during their quote unquote midlife crisis, which is really about putting yourself first in in Chinese theory, that usually occurs when you're done rare, uh, um, with child rearing. And which so, we like to say midlife transition. Yes. So you have this transition where you are going to maybe in the first time in your life, put yourself first. Wow. And that's when you could start alchemy. Okay. Also, you know, we've talked about when you want to enter the mystery of life. So that can happen anytime in your life. And sometimes life is going really well, but you keep going, isn't there something more to life than this? Yeah, I mentioned that earlier. Like when you start to ask those questions, like, is there more than this? And when you want to really fly in your life and realize your full potential, alchemy can help with that. Now, occasionally I work with people near the end of their life with severe illness. Like like near death? Yes. Okay. Because sometimes alchemy can also release a lot of resistance so that the death, the dying process goes very well. That's interesting. You know, and I keep saying this, I'm sorry if I sound like a broken record, but I would love to do a show on that as well. Yeah, that would be interesting. That is really interesting because I don't know anyone who's talking about that last transition from death to what's next for everyone. So let's make another note on that. So, okay, back to this. Sorry, I do have a little ADD. I'm so sorry tonight. So the nine stages of alchemy, you know, how do... How do, uh, how do you work through them when if you're trying to do them on your own? I mean, you can go to a practitioner, someone who's doing this like yourself uh, in your area. There's, I'm sure, a few people in the world that's doing it. Actually, not that many, but maybe. And if, you, if you're wanting to go through this yourself or asking yourself these questions, what what do you think about that, Lita? Well, I like to think of the general concept of alchemy as literally signposts along the road to your destination. So you don't have to evolve in the order that we're going to be describing in this podcast because, you know, Buddha sat under a tree and figured all this out. So, you know. Took him a while. Anyone can do it however they want. Sure. Buddha created his own path. But I like to say, why not follow these signposts that some very smart men and a couple women of antiquity figured out? Like if you do this first, sure, why not? Why would you not not want to follow the map or the signposts or the breadcrumbs that they left? I mean, so if you don't have to do them in order, but this is the order that you like to do that they give you, they gave you the order. Why not? Yeah, because they know if you do... X after Y, it's not as good. You want to do X first and then Y. So if you tell us, tell our listeners a little bit about the methods of doing alchemy, because I was fascinated when I heard the list of how many ways you could do alchemy. Well, I do alchemy with clients primarily using acupoints, acupressure in my case, but it can also be done with acupuncture. But that's not it. There are many ways. One of the most popular ways is through meditations, which we also are going to be talking about in this podcast. So there are a series of meditations that you can do that can move you along the this road of alchemy. There's also a meditation for each stage. Yes, yes for each okay. stage. And stone medicine was one of the most popular ways of doing alchemy in the beginning. And people drank elixirs where stones were put into water and then after some time of soaking, you drank them. And sometimes that ended good and sometimes that ended bad. Yes. And, and they maybe these... sometimes even immortality, we don't know. Yes. And I, I always like to say if 
if they survived drinking the poisonous stones, then maybe they were immortal. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and they also, you know, that's where the cauldrons that symbolize alchemy came from because they used to cook some of these elixirs. When we were in China, we saw the on the mountain, Gahong's mountain, that they had caves and inside the caves were these giant cauldrons and the doorways were really small. And the, and the cauldrons were really big. So my always question was, how did they get those cauldrons inside the caves? <laughs> the, the theory is that they could morph things and make things malleable. And well, they would have that. to because these cauldrons were ginormous, as another word for you, yes. ginormous. And they were just, this is no way that I could physically, you can't like remake a mountain. Right. I mean, it was quite fascinating. So yes, yeah, so the morphing of that, that's really cool. All right, so... And a lot of people don't know who practice Qigong. They may not know that Qigong was originally developed. And if you don't know what Qigong is, it's kind of like Tai Chi, but short uh, exercises. Qigong was developed for alchemy. So it was another way to walk through these stages. Well, I think that's fascinating. What about Tai Chi? Is that considered one? Well, Tai Chi is a form of Qigong and mostly it was a martial art, but there were lots of uh, martial artists who were alchemists. So you, you so you might find one of these methods works better for you. So you can start down this journey of transformation, start to really look at your life, start to care about yourself, because if you don't care about yourself, no one else is going to care about you. You have to be taking care of yourself. And the only person you can change is yourself. Oh, wait, wait, say that again. The only person you can change is yourself. Yeah, you that's very change, big. And you can't change the media. Or the fake media. <laughs> Or the president. Or the fake president. (laughs) I take that back. Or your boss or your partner. You can only work on oneself and that's in your lifetime, this lifetime. Well, you might get another shot if you, you know, you reincarnate. And the Gandhi quote that I always like when we talk about this is be the change you want to see in the world. It's a great place to think about that right now because if you try to be what you want and then you change, then you're going to see that change in the world. It's a beautiful thing. You really need a strategy to resolve your issues so that this is why we were so excited about the nine palaces because they can really help you balance everything in your life, right, Jay? Yeah, and let's go over the nine palaces one more time, Lita. Okay, so there's the career palace, the relationship palace, health, wealth, home, travel or adventure, children or creativity, wisdom and prosperity. So those are the nine palaces. The alchemical sages, they don't have a time-based schedule. There's no line of completion. There's different stages, but they have the roadmap. They have the the signpost that Lita mentioned. So you can find your way along it. The first place to start is at number one today. (laughs) Okay, thank you. That's a good place to end. You've been listening to the Inspired Action Podcast. You can follow our Inspired Actions on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. If you haven't yet, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. If you have already, thank you so much. We read all reviews and really appreciate your input. Join us next week for another Inspired Action Conversation. Thank you for listening. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to hug the dog.